Folks, the best value at Manager Tools is to buy an annual license to our material. For $200 a year, you get access to show notes for every single show produced over 100 a year, plus our entire archive of nearly a thousand shows. You wouldn't want to print it out all in one place. It'd be a management Wikipedia, and it'd be probably 5,000 pages. You get all that, plus access to things I think I think, and even more powerfully, the interview creation tool, which may be our strongest and most least known digital tool that we have, and more digital tools to come in the future, available only to licensees. Ask another licensee. They'll tell you it is the best value they have. Welcome to Manager Tools. Your door is not always open. Today's cast answers these questions. Does my door always have to be open? Can I say no to an impromptu request for my time? What does an open door policy mean? Here we go. Here's the truth that a, a lot of managers think have trouble with some, the, the good, some, I could say the good managers, your door as a manager doesn't always have to be open. Yeah. More often than not. Right. Yeah. Truly, truly you, you, you just, you can't, you know, use this to drive a truck through a, the eye of a needle, but it is okay to say no to impromptu request every once in a while. And today we're gonna talk about how. Yeah. In fact, it's funny. There were two casts I thought I'd never write. Um, there may be more, but the two that popped to my mind right Communicate now. Communicate less with one. your people. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Fire the bad ones. No. Um, the two that I didn't think I'd ever write was, one, uh, what to do if one of your directs has body odor. And the, the reason I said I would never write them is, in my head, I said, I get this question all the time. I mean, folks, if you haven't listened to our body odor cast, we recommend you do so. Yeah, this is not a joke. It really does. Yeah, no, it really is. It really, <laughs> and, and I said, well, no, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do a podcast on that, blah, 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 blah. And you wouldn't do a cast on people asking me all the time, does my door always have to be open? And I just had this epiphany one day years ago that I get these questions all the time. These are the casts I most should write. The ones that, you know, clearly people have this question. And in my head, Nobody's going to ask that question, right? No, no, they, they just won't. People should know. Managers should know um, what the answer is. And so this is a fairly simple cast. Many of you will kind of say, well, that was pretty easy. Of course, that's true. But the, you would be surprised. I got asked this question this week on the road. And I said, shoot, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer the question. And here's what it boils down to. Being approachable, most managers would say, I mean, there's some high Ds who would say, no, that's not true. But generally, being approachable as a manager is a good thing. Um, the problem is, uh, between email and meetings and everything else, during those times you're sitting in your office, you're trying to get your own work done, thanks to the whole working manager thing, which is always so funny. You can become a target, and people come in and say, hey, do you have a minute? Um, we like to joke that high D's, forceful, take no prisoners, um, make things happen kind of bosses like Mike and I, as an example, always worry when someone says, can I have a minute? And you say, sure. And in your head, you mean a minute and they come in and sit down in your cubicle because if they only need a minute, why are they sitting down? And now, now I'm in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> now the minute is down, suddenly going to be 10. Like, oh no. Yeah. So. You're right. It is okay to say no. You don't have to say yes every time someone wants a minute. And a lot of managers don't understand that. They think they're supposed to have an open door. 
Um, but there's a difference between having a door that's open and a door that's always open. Now, guys, for now, I want you to put aside the idea of an open door policy. We're going to come back to that, okay? Look, first of all, folks, there are plenty of times when your door can't be open. You're in a meeting, so you're not available. When I say your door is open, I mean you're available uh, on an impromptu basis. You're in a meeting. Your door's not open. You're on a plane. Your door's not open. You're in your boss's office. Your door's not open. You're in the bathroom. So always is a bit of a misnomer here. Of course, your door isn't always open. Interestingly, though, as often as you're doing email in your cubicle or in your office, email makes you always available, at least electronically, even when you're not in the office. So the point here is that always, your door always being open is misleading. If we believe that every manager who tells us that they're a working manager, folks, if you haven't heard that before, I'll, I'll reprise that again. I hear this an awful lot when we tell people, hey, you need to spend time getting to know your people. You've got to give them more feedback. You've got to do standard managerial things. One of the common refrains is, Mark, I don't have time to be a manager because I'm a working manager, which is which is completely ludicrous to make a statement like that. But that's what they say. And the reason is because they see their work as the most important thing. And that's often because they were an individual contributor before and they're just continuing to do their work. But now they've got they think of their job as putting management on top of that, which is not what they're supposed to be doing. And they're defining their job as a working manager. And you'll never get out of the misery of that job. Um, and, and for the record, folks, there has never been a non-working manager. There aren't people in the world that only manage. We all have our own work. So the idea that you're a working manager and so therefore you don't have time to manage is ludicrous. Everybody else has the same situation as you. You're just drawn toward the work and perhaps fear missing your own deadlines more than you fear um, not knowing what to do, managing others. And managing others is hard initially until you get the hang of it. Um, that's why there's manager tools. But we would just recommend that you see your job as a not, not as a working manager, but as a working manager. Okay. So when you're in your office and you're legitimately busy, you can absolutely say no to someone asking for a minute or even 10 minutes. Now, look, guys, what we mean by that is what we say, legitimately busy. Right. If you can spare five minutes, then you should go ahead and do yeah, it. Yeah, right? go ahead. Right. And it's your call. Okay. It is your call. If you have five minutes, give it. If you don't say no. Okay. Yeah, we don't mean this guidance is, uh, you know, if you think yourself is su super busy all the time, that you can use this to say, like, a blanket authorization to say no every single time. Yeah, in fact, I, you know, the whole super busy thing. People say, ah, I'm super busy. I have, maybe it makes me cynical after 30 years of coaching managers, but, but my experience is that when people say things like, I'm super busy all the time, they're making a broad general statement about their schedule which is actually false. They just feel super busy, but there are times when they hang around and they take breaks just like everybody else. Super busy all the time is an overly simplistic way to describe somebody who has a lot to do. But when we follow people around, and I do this routinely in my coaching work, I follow executives and managers around. And in general, most people are constrained by their human nature and their 
human body and bathroom breaks and coffee breaks and chatting with people. And they have all kinds of free time. As a general rule, 30% of everybody's time is wasted every day. So if you think of yourself as super busy all the time, which almost everybody I talk to does, that doesn't give you authorization because you have a generic sense of being busy to always be able to say no. This is the point Mike was making earlier. This is not, a, we're not giving you a loophole that you can drive a truck through. Um, super busyness comes and goes at various times. You have to assess how involved you are at the time of the request versus having a standard response. If you're working through email at your desk, because you have time scheduled to do email on your calendar and you get 200 mails a day and you've limited it to 90 minutes a day, 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes middle of the day, 30 minutes into the day, which is our guidance and which works like a charm. And until you've tried it, don't tell me it won't work because I know tens of thousands of managers who do it and say, yeah, well, the others don't want to do it this way. That's fine. I'm happy doing it this way. It works. And I no longer have any email anxiety. So, it's okay to say no if you've scheduled time for email. You're in what amounts to a scheduled appointment. Now, when I say scheduled appointment, guys, don't take that to mean you're going to start blocking time on your calendar yeah, and you're yeah. basically going to fill up your time with block time. That's just ludicrous. Do that a few times. Uh, I promise you, nobody will bug you because everybody thinks you're a dork. Um, so don't do that. The anti-dork rule. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It is okay to say no if you're scheduled to do email at that time and you're busting your tail to get through your email and you've put email into what amounts to a scheduling ghetto, okay? It's not okay to say no to a request for an impromptu minute because you have email to get through and you're always working through email, right? You walk back to your desk, you log into mail and you just start doing email until your next meeting. That's a dodge, okay? So... It is okay to say no if you're legitimately busy. If you're just feeling busy, that's different. If you're 10 minutes before a meeting and you're prepping for that meeting, say no. If you just got back to your desk and you have two open hours on your calendar, you're not busy. Now, if you say to me, well, Mark, the open hours are for email and stuff like that. Uh, okay, fine. Well, you need to start scheduling time. And by the way, if you have two open hours to do email, I bet you your email takes you the entire two hours in your head when you think about your day. But in fact, you take two or three breaks and you actually covet those days when you're busy in the morning and you think you're going to be in meetings all afternoon and suddenly one of the big meetings cancels, another meeting cancels. You have three hours free and you feel a sigh of relief. But you don't immediately think, where am I on which project and how can I take a half an hour of those three hours and make them effective? And so you go back to your desk and you just kind of clean up your desk and, and do email and try to catch up. During those two to three hours, you're available um, and you should not. We would recommend you not say no. Okay, I also promised we'd talk about an open door policy, which I have to say is probably one of the most misunderstood concepts in corporate America in terms of how people describe things. This guidance that we're giving you about your door being okay, not always open, actually has nothing to do with what many people call an open door policy. It is just a misappropriation of the phrase. The phrase means something different. Yeah. Yeah. An open door policy is about how managerial escalations are handled. When a company or a manager says they have an open door policy, it means 
that if you have talked to a lower level of man, lower level manager, and you have not received a resolution of a concern, or you would like uh, another chance to have your concern, your idea, your question answered, you are entitled to escalate to the next higher manager. Right. So it addresses um, the hierarchy in an organization versus the amount of time you get to spend talking yeah. to your manager. And by the way, interestingly, part of the value of these policies is that while they mean senior doors are always open, they're only open to you because the policy insists that the lower level open doors have already been used. In other words, you don't get to walk into the CEO's office. In fact, I'll never forget, I was in uh, St. Louis and I was talking to a client um, and a guy was sitting outside in the really posh waiting area outside of the, the C-suite executive area on a certain floor of the building. And I asked the secretary of the COO who I was working with, I said, hey, who's that? I don't, don't recognize him. He says, oh, he's taking advantage of open door. And the CEO came over to talk to COO for a minute and, and he said, who is that guy? He says, oh, one of our guys. And the CEO walked over and talk, chatted with him for a minute. And the COO said, you know, do we, the, the COO later said, do we, do we have an open door policy? And I said, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know whether you do or not. And he said, well, we should, because he found out that the guy came in, the guy hadn't talked to anybody. He just wanted to talk to the CEO. And folks, if you're thinking in your mind, you want a democratic, you want a flat organization, you want to be able to go talk to the CEO of a multi-billion dollar company all the time, I would suggest two things. One, you have no idea what the CEO is doing and he or her, his or her time is so precious that their door can't be open to any request at any time. And secondly, many people will say, I really like a little bit of notice before the CEO comes down and sits and visits with me for 10 or 15 minutes, boss. At least tell me he's coming, right? Somebody has his calendar. And so it's interesting that people want protection from the CEO being in their area or sitting in on meetings, and they want to know that the CEO is going to be in a presentation that they give. Holy crud, wouldn't you? And, oh, by the way, I like to be able to show up unannounced on the CEO's desk, which makes no sense at all. Right. Um, the point being, the reason the CEO or COO asked me, do we have an open door policy is they don't mind if somebody's coming to talk to them, if they have availed themselves of other resources out of respect for the fact that at different levels of the organization, there are different decisions made about the importance and value of a given issue or problem. So open door policies, guys, are much more about how an entire organization handles an escalation than they are about how individual managers handle their schedules. It's certainly possible for an individual director, as an example, to have her own open door policy. It doesn't mean much for a director to have an open door policy if her boss isn't willing to have one as well. So don't tell people that you have an open door policy if you intend to mean my door is always open. Just say my door is always open. Leave it at that. If you need something, text me, phone me, email me. Or if I'm in my office, come by and then say to them, and we recommend you communicate this with folks and then say to them, look, if I'm swamped, I'll tell you, I, I don't have time right at the minute and we'll cover how to, how to cover that in a second. And to be fair, this is a reciprocal agreement. If I come down and ask for a minute, the reciprocity here is if you come to me and you ask for a minute and I'm really swamped, I'm getting ready for a meeting, I'm late for a deadline, my wife just called, and I need to go, I reserve the right to say no. 
partly that's a function of my rank has its privileges, but it's also a function of I'm going to do the same thing to you. If I come down to you and you're late for a meeting, you're behind on a deadline, you just got a call from the daycare and you need to go pick up the kids. And I say, hey, do you have a minute? It's okay to say no. And I'm not going to do to you what people secretly don't like and what people, this is part of the reason why they want their boss's doors to be open is because they think that their boss can always get time with them. It's certainly true that most bosses do get time with the direct, but directs don't like at some elementals, some fundamental level, the idea that the boss can come down and say, do I have a minute? And, and the direct feels obligated to say yes, but then the boss doesn't feel obligated to say yes in return. Right. So you're not having an open door policy when you're following our guidance here. You're simply saying, hey, guys, my door is open. If you need me, stop by. If I'm swamped, I'll tell you, I will do my best to make time. I will. I will try to have my door be open to you. And there will be times when it won't be. And, and oh, by the way, that will include when I'm on a plane, when I'm in the bathroom, when I'm in a meeting with the boss, when I'm in another meeting, and so on. You're not going to interrupt me if I'm in the middle of meeting to other people and say, hey, can I have an open door policy? And I have email just like you. And so I'm super busy with email. I'm, quote, super busy with email. And, and so, therefore... You know, if you come in, I'll try to say yes. If I say no, it, I, I promise you I'm making a legitimate no. And we will close the loop some other way. And the same thing applies to you in reverse. If I come down and you're swamped, it's okay to say no. Right. And, and you can say no. And we just talked about it's reasonable. Um, and it's also wise for the manager to understand that when you say no, it can, it can regardless of what you said before, it can be off-putting to the direct. Yeah. But, but there's ways to mitigate that. So what is that? <laughs> yeah. When you do choose to say no, you are not making the request go away. In other words, the issue still hangs in the air. The thing they wanted to talk to you about, the content, the message still exists. So when you say no, for the record, put it in your head, you're actually communicating. You're saying not right now. Okay. Do you have a minute? Really, the question is in its full delivery is, do you have a minute for me right now? Because as you're direct, I have a minute right now to talk to you. All you're saying when you say no is, unfortunately, our calendars didn't sync. You had a minute right now, but I do not. Okay. When you decline an impromptu request, you're not eliminating it. You're just delaying it. Okay. So you got to give it a new deadline. You got to give an estimate of the delay about when you're going to address the issue. Okay. You can either ask the person to come back at a certain time, or the other choice is take responsibility upon yourself to connect with them by a certain time. And to be honest, I suggest both those things. And most managers generally choose to ask the direct to come back. And again, that's fine. What's interesting about this is if you do this right, if you say, I don't have time right now, but I will give you time later, 20, 30 minutes, or I'll give you, I'll come by and see you in the next hour or two. Experienced managers will tell you that when they do this, it actually decreases interruptions because the direct doesn't come back. Okay. Well, that's why that's, that's good as long as it's not uh, indicative of some problem. Yeah. If you're following up, but now other managers say, yeah, that's right. I agree. I just tell them I don't have time right now. And they tend to not come back what the direct has learned is you don't really give a hoot about them and you're blowing them off. And what you're saying is, no, I don't want to talk to you about whatever it is you want to talk to me about. And you're right. That's a bigger problem. So 
If you say to come back in 30 minutes, but you then say no a couple of more times every time they come back, and then they stop coming back, one of two things is true. The issue went away, which is probably unlikely, or they just don't believe in you and trust in you anymore. That's right. So if you make a habit of always saying no, even to multiple requests, don't be stupid enough to be happy about less interruptions. Again, it's just your directs no longer caring to interact with you. Okay. The two easiest ways to do this sound like this. Mike comes in. He says, hey, Mark, do you have a minute? I, Mike, by the way, I almost said, hey, boss, but I know you wouldn't call me boss. <laughs> you, you, might, you might call me sir or something. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Well, I can think of a lot of other things I'd call Yeah, you could. No, yeah, you Those could. Those two. Um, in it. Yeah, <laughs> no, not at the top of your list. <laughs> well, someday I'll put you as the boss and we'll all role play what I would call you. Oh, God. Ozine, I'll call you Mr. Ozine. There you go. <laughs> it's always good um, not to know the <laughs> pronunciation of your boss's name. Exactly. Um, I would say this. Sorry, but I don't have time right now. And you can state the reason if you like. Can you stop back by in 20 minutes? Or can you stop back by in 30 or 45 minutes? I'll be free at 2 o'clock or 2.15 or 3.15. Okay, simple. Or the other way is, unfortunately, now is not good for me. Can I make a note to come by and see you sometime in the next one to two hours? Will that work for you? That's all, okay? You're either asking the person to take responsibility to come back or you're taking responsibility. I've done both. They both work. I will tell you that if you're if you're genuinely busy and you tell them you'll stop back by and you don't write it down, you probably won't stop back by. And that's not good. Yeah, cuz you've made a commitment, right? If you've said you're going to you're going to stop by in the next 1 to 2 hours, that's a commitment. Yeah. As a rule, if you make a habit of keeping your commitment, that that person gets time later, either because they come by or because you go by their desk or whatever, they'll also bug you a lot less. And their request won't be as urgent. And sometimes urgency, the urgency of a request, if you've ever had directs come to you and say, I really need you for just a minute and it's urgent, and then you discover that their idea, their comment, their question, their issue was not urgent, what they're telling you is they believe you're going to blow them off and they're using urgency as a trump card to overcome your sense of I, I'm really busy because they don't believe you're going to say yes. So be careful about that. In almost all possibilities, whether you handle this right or wrong in a pattern, you'll get less interruptions. But there are some versions of less interruptions that are problematic you blowing them off and then not circling back or not giving them time. On the other hand, if when you say no, you go back, circle back to them, or you they come back and you do say yes in 20 or 30 or 40 minutes, your interruptions will also go down. So the fact that your interruptions go down is not necessarily a good thing. It can right. be a bad thing. And, and look, guys, if you have regular one-on-ones with your directs, those interruptions will be notably, notably curtailed because they'll wait for the one-on-one right. and stuff. When they say urgent, if I have one-on-one with my boss, Mike, on Wednesday, and I have something on Monday, I can probably wait to Wednesday if it's not urgent. And if I interrupt him on Monday and I say it's urgent, he knows he's having a one-on-one with me on Wednesday, and that probably means it is urgent. And by the way, if it's not, Mike could easily say to me, Hey, just for the record, that's fine. This is the kind of thing that I think would go in the one-on-one. Um, I don't 
see the urgency of the thing we just talked about. And so in my mind, that could have waited till Wednesday. My door is open. If you want to come talk to me, that's fine. Um, but I don't really see the urgency of that. And that might could have waited till Wednesday. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned one-on-ones because I was, I was going to note that if someone was listening to this podcast and they thought of this is the solution to uh, less interruptions. They're oh, probably, relationship building. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. the solution to relationship building. Have a door always open. Yeah. In fact, I would say that when people say, here, open door policy, they think, ooh, that's the relationship building part of my job. I'm available. Um, sounds like a king having um, having audiences, right? That's how it sounds. Yeah, but that's not the way to build a relationship, guys. You're not going to build relationships with your ex in one-off questions. Do you have a minute? It just doesn't work that way. So quick summary. Guys, your directs are important, and so is managing your own time. If a direct asks for your time, you're generally obligated to, to agree. You want to give them time, but not right then. Ask them to come back in 10 to 15 to 30 minutes, or take responsibility for finding them in the next hour or two. A little bit of self-protection to the urgency you're facing in your desk, at your cubicle, in your cubicle uh, is okay. This may not be an open door policy, but you do want to send a message that your door is open, but it doesn't have to be open right at that moment. Awesome. Loved it. Thanks, my friend. Anytime, partner. All right. We'll see you. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. So long. This podcast was produced by Manager Tools. Manager Tools creates actionable management guidance every single week. To receive additional materials via our newsletter, and to find products for situations you may face as a manager or a professional, go to www.manager-tools.com. Search for Manager Tools on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn.